Well, One Nation MP Sarah Game here in the Upper House of our State Parliament is planning legislation on the back of the result of the referendum to repeal the state voice to Parliament. The government's saying Buckley's chance of that happening, and yes, the numbers in state Parliament, uh, if they vote the same way that created the legislation, will see this uh, repeal bill defeated. Sarah Game is on the line. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. All right. So you feel it's necessary, given the the result of the referendum federally, to to move on the state voice? Look, I think this is a time, clearly it's a sensitive time, and it's been a difficult time for a while. I think it's been obvious the level of uh, division that this has created. But I also think it's a time uh, for leadership and to show the South Australian people that we are prepared to listen. They've made it clear, I feel that they don't want to see our state or our country divided on race or ancestry. And I also believe, speaking with people, that there's a lot of support for the idea about uh, looking after people and funding people and giving priority to people uh, just based on need. And so really that would be the effect of this bill, or at least it would be the start of the effect. All right, so given where the numbers sat to create the voice here in state parliament, are you expecting anyone to change sides? Well, the numbers weren't that clear in the upper house. I mean, the Liberal Party in the end, you know, did not support the state legislation. And let's be very clear as well, as I've said in the past, that the name of the legislation is the voice. This in no way means that... Uh, I or anyone else doesn't want to listen to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. I mean, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, uh, quite frankly, are already telling government uh, what's wrong and government could already be listening to them. My problem is with the piece of legislation called The Voice. Uh, We've spoken before about the fact that it entails over 100 members. And the Liberal Party in the end came out against that piece of legislation. And I also uh, believe that there may be a little bit of cross-bench support as well. But that's not to say that I believe I've got the numbers right now. Although I don't think that's an excuse for me to not act. I need to show the South Australian people um, that I'm prepared to listen to them and prepared to advocate uh, for them to the very best of my ability. I often do get asked, well, what do you want instead? And I wouldn't uh, say that I have all the answers. I mean, that would be um, silly. But what I would ask is that, and what has been made very clear to me from a number of agencies, is that um, government fails repeatedly to provide proper investment in early intervention programs. When I spoke with Simon Shrapple, the CEO of Uniting Communities, he made that very clear to me, that we need more funding at this very early level for families and to keep families together. And what I would advocate for is that that government spending be for all families in need and not be divided um, based on ancestry or race. And as I've made clear before, that would um, capture that um, unsatisfactory proportion of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that are also in disadvantage without creating the division that we've seen. Have you had any clearer understanding how we came to have 46 delegates to the voice here in SA, given the federal voice was talking about 2025 or so? No, look, it's just, I mean, even as we've discussed previously, people who've supported the state uh, legislation in the past, I think, are questioning whether they really would support it now uh, in the community based on the sheer number of people that are involved with this. It's really, um, you know, one's got to ask, is that the best use of money to lift up and support uh, those in need? And I would say no.
Do you think the Melanowskis government should have waited, waited for this referendum result? It went to the last state election promising to do this, but should it have waited to see what the referendum result was before enacting its legislation? Because now it it really can't back down, can it? It loses a lot of face. Uh, It absolutely should have waited. I mean, of course, I don't agree with the referendum, and I think that was a waste of money, and those hundreds of millions of dollars could have been put to better use Mm. in real tangible solutions to disadvantaged communities. But I absolutely believe they should have waited and they should have consulted the South Australian people. And I I don't feel that South Australians feel they have been heard on this matter by by the current government. All right. So your legislation, what, uh, introduced in the near future, very near future, I imagine? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, as soon as that. Okay. (laughs) And uh, from there, uh, how long before a vote would be called on it? Well, look, I'm going to introduce it tomorrow and, and, and probably speak to it on Wednesday. But then I need to really let it sit there and speak with my colleagues and it's going to take some time, I think, uh, for the government to realise that their greatest respect is to be come out and say, look, we got it wrong and we're going to um, admit that, but re- retain our commitment to disadvantaged communities, regardless of race or ancestry. Have you visited the APY lands, disadvantaged communities around the state, seen for yourself firsthand what conditions are like and what sort of help should be given? Well, we do have a former One Nation candidate, um, Kerry White, who I've had a lot to do with, who's an Arunga elder, and I've certainly been on communities and spoken with communities along the York Peninsula and also the Eyre Peninsula. I haven't been to the APY lands, although it's been strongly recommended to me to go, and I really would um, love to go. What's been clear from the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that I've spoken to and I'm committed to engaging uh, more is they just want better lives and more inclusion. And I feel that if they're told that the voice will give them that, then they would support the voice. But I don't think that that's um, what they're fixed on. I think they just want better, tangible outcomes. And I'm committed to doing that, as I'm sure all of my parliamentary colleagues are. It's just about how we do it. All right. Sarah, again, appreciate your time. Thank you.